Hey friends, my name is Ruckstar, editor and chief of Raving Lunatic Media. I'm here to talk to you today about ads. Whoa, 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 Ruckstar. Ads? Are you guys like selling out finally? No, 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 dear viewer. We are just going to be showing our support to the amazing shows here on Raving Lunatic Media, like Sci-Fi Malady, Zodiac Task Force, Why You Should, and the backlogs of the Quesatorium, with more to come out in the next calendar year. If you want these shows without these annoying breaks in the middle, you can follow the link in any of the bios of the shows or on our Discord, Raving Lunatic Media. You'll be brought to a subscription page which will help support your favorite creators, us. Enjoy the show and stay crazy, lunatics. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi Malady. Got out. So, Rage, what's next? The film Advantageous. A great concept that is not at all an advantageous use of your time. Lame jokes is the intro now? Aren't they always, Scott? No, I'm experimenting. Okay, fine, it didn't land. Why don't you just go with the song idea again? Good question. You know, I kind of think I should... We're off topic. Um, We're off topic. Don't you hate that, Rage? Not here. I gotta spruce this movie up somehow. Oh, boy, I got a bad feeling about this one. Oh, come on. There's there's some good in this. Uh, yeah, a little bit. You know what? Let's just rip this Band-Aid off and get it over with. Sci-Fi Melody, Symptom 282. Advantageous. Rod Sterling did it better. Welcome back, sickies. And yes, indeedly, doodly, Rod Serling did this story better, which we'll get to in a minute. Here's, um, here's what stopped me cold reading the... Rage writes the intros before the show and before we talk about the show. He wrote in there that I would say there's some good here. I, yeah. I don't even know what to say. I, as I said, predictable. Um, <clears throat> you're predictable, I'm predictable. Although you should have predicted that I hate being meta, so here we go. <laughs> but at least we're not telling a story, so I guess I could deal with it. Um, but Advantageous is a 2015 film that, um, it, you know, in the last episode with Ex Machina, I talked about how when I know the names of the characters and I can remember them, it shows that I was invested. That is the exact opposite of this film. This is a great concept that, I mean, it's been done before, but can be done again well, except this is not the film to do it with. Um, really, if I were to give you the plot synopsis, it's about an older woman who's the face of a, uh, Yes, a uh, health and wellness company, but they're upset that she's getting older and they want a younger person. And she lives in a dystopian world where women are not having ovaries and humanity's not populating and uh, the technology's better, but terrorists are upset with 
society because Cocteau, they don't like him and Dennis Leary wants to kill them all. I don't know. It doesn't say. And, uh, which is pretty sad when you consider Demolition Man did a better job explaining. I've seen the cocktail plant. It's a 45-year-old virgin eating pudding watching show tunes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, and honestly, like I said, it's pretty sad that that film did a better job explaining what's going on in the world. And yeah, so anyway, mentioning of like terrorist attacks and the apparently ovaries and there's a million things being mentioned, but it never goes any never further. Anywhere. So I guess they, you know, I'll rip into this later, but anyway, so, um, and so this woman decides that she's going to go through an experimental procedure of transferring her consciousness into a younger body that I guess is synthetic. They don't say, and she's going to need to take a lot of drugs and whatnot to survive. And Doesn't after, seem to be synthetic. I, they don't say. So after a long part of a film that just isn't quite slow enough, she finally makes amends with people and goes through the procedure and her daughter has problems acclimating to this and she doesn't know her daughter fully because some of her memories don't transfer or something or other. And, and in the end, it turns out she winds up being like her original self anyway. And the daughter starts to get used to her. Oh, what's that? You're wondering about all that terrorist stuff and the technology and, and the scene where she goes back and talks to the man that she cheated on with her sister's husband and all you wanted you wanted something to do with that <laughs> we didn't know we don't do that how did they get ken jong in this movie i uh, needed money <laughs> fortunately by the way that too over money's running out <laughs> i guess so so fortunately we um now that we've gone through the plot it's time to do the trivia the fun facts and here was the fun here are the fun facts this film was first released as a 20-minute short episode on the PBS show Future States in 2012. The film premiered at Sundance in 2015. That is all. Even the fun facts aren't fun. There are no fun facts to be had in this film because this film is not fun. Zero fun at all. <laughs> it is the sci-fi equivalent of taking Dramamine and Valium with a glass of warm milk. Um, and then making wow. sure that it, it really is. Let, let me explain to you by comparison why Rod Serling did it better. In the Twilight Zone, I forget season and episode, but there's an episode called The Trade-Ins where an old couple goes to a company, don't, doesn't matter the name of the company, and in the future, they have protect, perfected a procedure where you can insert your consciousness into a younger body. And they're essentially window shopping at a younger body. But they come to find out that they don't have the money to put both of them into, a bo into bodies. They can only afford for one person. So the husband decides to go, and you're not allowed for whatever reason, you're not allowed to get a loan. You have to pay for it in cash up front. And so the husband decides to go gamble to get the money and 
he doesn't win. But the guy that he's gambling against takes pity on the old man because he's in such pain and just lets him walk away with the money he walked in with. And so they decide that the older couple decides that, okay, the husband will transfer, he'll go get a job in the younger body, get the money, and then the wife will follow suit later. So he gets the procedure. He gets put into the new younger body, and he's having the time of his life until he looks at his wife. Because at first, she's all for it. And then she sees her husband and realizes, that's not the man I married. I mean, they've been married for like 80 years in the show. And she looks at him and is just horrified because she realizes that's not my husband. And he realizes it too when he looks at her reaction and decides, okay, you know what? I'd rather love the person I'm with. And he decides to go back into his original body and die with his wife. And it's a touching moment because they realize that their love for each other was more important than getting younger bodies. And that was it. No, no fat, no extra, no nothing. It was just that story. And they did it in 20 minutes. This film is an hour and 45 minutes of her hanging out with her daughter, them playing piano, the daughter talking about not getting ovaries. Um, I, Thomas, you mentioned in the pre-show, this is a dystopian future, but we're getting little glimpses of it. If you want details, we don't have it. Um, there's a terrorist group that's trying to blow stuff up, but, and you see the explosions, but everyone's reaction to it is about as interesting as me, you know, watching a dog walk by. Um, I mean, it just everybody's dull and boring and it, I mean I'd, I'd ask what the big discussion topic of this film is but okay I only have one and that is if this procedure was good would you do it I think there's another one I, okay I, I think I see I think I see I'm gonna what Mark and Thomas, do you think the message of this story is supposed to be? What is the story being told? Except you're aging gracefully. I don't think that's it. Okay. I think that is the story of the Rod Serling Twilight Zone, a story about that um, it's better to, to live the life you lived and not do it over, except that you're going to age. It's, it's not something you can overcome. I don't think that's what this is. Uh, the, okay. the terrorist groups, the dystopian world, it's not important. It's not important to know what the terrorist groups are. It's not, a no, it's not important to know why this world is so dystopian. What you need to know is that if you are a woman and you have a job, you're only secure as long as you hold that job. And that job is all that keeps you away from destitution. Uh, you see the woman sleeping in a bush. You see, you know, she spent the night in the hotel that's basically a square of carpet and a pillow. Um, and then you see how she lives at home. But this movie is about, in my mind, what resonated is this is about parenthood. This is about the sacrifices that you will make to set your child ahead. And how far will you sacrifice? 
at what point will you choose to die for your child? And you don't have that at the beginning. What's really going to happen here because they, they blur that out when David talks to Gwen and is saying the truth of it is that you're not you. Your brain's going to die. A copy of your brain is going into this host body. The host will wake right. up and think it's you, but you have died. This is, this is a copy. And she, that's when you hear her back and say, I want Christmas with her first. Because she wants to give her daughter one last authentic, great memory. She wants to spend that time with her daughter. She wants to have that one more time with her daughter. Um, you see her crying. You see all this stuff because she knows she's dying. And she's trying to make things right with her sister or her cousin, Lily. She shows up that day to see her again and set the truth right. And she says it has to be today. Because after today, she won't be able to do it. The copy of her will be able to do it. Um, and so it's telling you that level of sacrifice. She's, the dystopian world is there so that you see why she's willing to do this. Because she has no other option. If she, she's even trying to see if Lily and Ken Jeong will give her an out so that she doesn't have to go through with this. Um, but they won't. And it had to be today. So she's going to go, she's going to go die for her child. And then I think the other part of this, if you really look at it is he says to replacement Gwen Co, your animal bond to her will return. See, she's not having this bond with her daughter because it's not truly that body's daughter. And, and that's a pick I, I recognize when she said, do this for your mother. It's clearly her like not being there yet. Yep. Um, and she's never, I don't know if she's ever going to fully get there, but I think if you watch this movie from the lens of a parent and the bond between a parent and a child and what makes that bond, I think some of these things that might be rips maybe fall away because they're not essential to that story that's being told at the center of this. Okay. And, and that's a very good observation. I didn't notice partially because I'm not a parent, but here's my counter to that. Little Miss Muffet sat on a tuffet eating her curds and whey. Along came a spider and sat down beside her and scared Little Miss Muffet away. You know the story. Let's try that again. Little Miss Muffet. Oh, she was. Uh, she, she's living in a world where other other Little Miss Muffets have it hard. And she went to a tuffet with a basket made of woven fibers. Oh, and the tuffet was actually made of wood, which no longer exists, except as that tuffet. And she was eating curds and ways, which is interesting because cows are going extinct. So her getting that is a nice treat. Along came a spider. Now, this spider was actually bigger thanks to a mutation gene going on and sat down beside her. Oh, by the way, the spider may or not be venomous, but Little Miss Muffet suffers from arachnophobia and scared Little Miss Muffet away. And she ran off and got some bug spray and then came back and killed the spider. That's the problem. You have a lot of fat in the story I just told you that you don't need to know. You don't need to know that the wood no longer exists or the cows are going extinct for the story originally, for the little nursery rhyme to make sense. But there's, there's a central narrative. There's a central narrative. Everything else I just said was fat. And that's the problem with this movie. There's a lot of unnecessary fat. 
if you got rid of the cheating on the sister arc, what would you lose from this? Nothing. Because it would still be about her and the daughter. If you got rid of the terrorist plot, what would you get? The same result, because it's not about the terrorists. If you got rid of the ovary things, it would still be the same thing. It, it's all, and that's why, Scott, I didn't notice it, because I'm too busy going, wait, what? And uh, What? What? You're just setting up little plot points that you think are setting, that you think are setting build world building, but are really just dead ends that distract. Instead well, I, of, I'm, and that's why, for me, it was a problem because, get to the point. If it's about the mother and the daughter, okay, fine. And in even showing little scenes where the women are, as you said, Scott, that makes sense because it builds into what you're saying. I'm but, just going to say, I'm going to say. On. I think there's a million. The problem with this, and you might both disagree with me, is I think it's trying to tell too many stories at once. Well, exactly it my is, point. It is definitely trying to tell um a parent side of story. I see that. I and did that's see the central that. narrative. It, <clears throat> is it though? Because it seems to be trying to tell so many different stories at once. It's trying to set, say, what will you sacrifice? What will you do to put your kids further what will you do it's also talking about out society issues it's talking about women in the workplace it's talking about it it's talking about so many things at once that it literally makes my head hurt trying to figure out what is important and what isn't but the but the the women in the work and the daughter thing um those can be meshed and that's where they spend most of their time. So that's why I call it the central narrative, but it's easy to lose focus on that when you're doing all that other stuff that ultimately, if you trimmed it, the story would still work. What I see is, you know, I mentioned that this is a 20 minute film and it looks like they decided to make it into a feature length, but had to add a lot of padding to it. I'd be curious to see the 20-minute version, and I'm willing to bet if I saw it, I'd appreciate it more. Possibly. Um, I am going to counter to what kind of everyone's saying here. I, I think there's, there's two stories no. going on here. There's two stories going on here. One is the bond between a mother and a daughter, specifically between a mother and a daughter. And the second thing is the struggle that it is, which is something none of us can relate to because we can't ever experience it, being a single woman raising a child. And there's, there's, I think there's a commentary here to how difficult that is in, in our society today because it is still a society that has income disparity. It is still a society that has a, a skewing of women at top positions and jobs in, in major companies. Um, these things, these, these inequalities are still out there. Uh, you said, what do you lose by not showing the, the cousin that she slept with her husband and is the real father of Jules? Um, the length she was willing to go to, to have a child, because it's hard to have a child these days. Um, what she was willing <laughs> to sacrifice there, but also the fact that, but for the fact that Lily has a husband Lily could be in the same position that Gwen Co is. 
Gwen was secure and safe as long as she had the job. But in this world that's changing now, she lost that job. She's a woman, so she can't get a single interview because she's a woman. And they're okay. exaggerating with, with hyperbole the scenario, but they're showing you that as a, as a married woman still has that security blanket. Um, and if she didn't, so you have to see that. You have to see the path that she took and why she's forced to this, this, these lengths. You know, they, they talk about the lack of ovaries thing because one of the jobs they offer her is an egg donor. But she would rather die than take the short-term, uh, you know, egg donor and then basically have her progeny out there that she's not involved in. That, being a mother is that important. Or she doesn't want to have daughters that she can't raise. Um, and I think, you know, it also, you know, you get into that and she's willing to die even to, even to take away the fact that she knows that the mother that, that Jules is going to get, isn't going to love her the same way that she will. Cause it's not going to be her. At least she won't be on the street. At least she won't be relying on, you know, sleeping in a bush and hoping someone leaves her a bottle of what looked like orange tang in the morning so that she had something to drink. So you know, she's willing to go through that and take those sacrifices, take those hits, because um, there are no other options. They're, they're removing any lifeline she has one by one by one to the point where, and they show these little things, week, work of, week worth of water left, they show her account going low. They show what she's trending towards and where the inevitability is. She even goes to her mother to ask for a loan. She hasn't talked to her in forever. And her father did something so abhorrent that that's not even a lifeline because she won't let her father back into her life and know her daughter. So Yeah, I got that. They remove every... This, is, this has to set up slowly because they need you to empathize with Gwen and to try to be in that situation. So they have to build up showing you how good that life was. Her daughter dancing and singing on her way to school, the complete picture of happiness... Um, the uphill struggle she faces, even though she has perfect grades, she can't get into the academy she wants to get into. Um, she thinks she's going in for a raise. That's ripped away. She thinks, I'm Gwen Co. I'm going to find a job. It doesn't matter. She's confident in her first interviews and stuff. And you see it slowly, slowly, slowly eroded to this desperation of this. She can become a human experiment. Copy her consciousness. And then she thinks she's going to survive it intact. And then she finds out she's not, and she's going to die. And she goes through it anyway, because making sure her daughter doesn't have to go down the route of these other women and to give her daughter that chance is all that matters. Um, I, it's an allegory, not an allegory, it's a commentary on, with hyperbole, what single mothers have to go through in today's world and what, the, the, what they don't have to rely on that even, you know, married couples do to raise a child. And then you see the flip side of it. You see it from the child's perspective. The child realizes something's wrong with their mother, and I think there's some commentary in here. You have to see how good of a mother Gwen was versus how not the same bond that happened immediately with Gwen 2.0 and Jules between the child and the mother and the mother and the child because there's this thought that we can copy our brain and that our personality and who we are, if we copy that brain into another brain, will emerge intact. We might not know it. We may be dead, but the person that comes out the other side will be the same. But maybe not, because our physical flesh and our body and hormone and chemical productions impact the brain, which impacts who we are. So if you take your brain and put it into a different body, 
that's going to be someone who will have different behaviors, mannerisms, reactions, emotions, potentially, with your memories. But it's not necessarily going to be you. I think a lot of that's going on here. And the reason it's so slow is I need the first half of this movie to really let you see who Gwen is and the relationship between her and her daughter so that you understand what she's sacrificing, why she's going to go to this level of desperation. And then I need the second half of this movie to be able to really hammer home everything that is now different and what's truly been sacrificed and, and to make my whole point. I need all of this time to really show you this without telling you this and hitting you over the head with it and to, to let you kind of put yourself in the shoes of, of Gwen and of Jules. Okay. okay. I get some of that. That makes some sense. Oh, maybe that's worse yeah. than my pitch to save Armageddon about the asteroid bringing humanity together. I don't know. Uh, no, uh, it's better. It's better because this movie is at least, um, it's not Michael Bay. It's whoever, I don't know who this filmmaker is, but they are infinitely times better than Michael Bay. Well, no, I'm just going to very say few explosions. I think there's like one explosion. <laughs> there's a few, but it doesn't matter. They're not. If Michael Bay had done them, the whole city would have blown up. That's all how it always works. Exactly. I mean, Scott, I, I will be honest. You did um, move my needle a little bit now that you gave me that perspective, but I still hold on to my point that you could have done this. Like I said, you don't need the, um, you don't need the arc with the, the brother-in-law or what, or the cousin. If you had removed it, the desperation is still there. You could have easily replaced it with her going to a bank or something or something like that. Um, so it just, it it just it's fat. That's all I'm going to say, and I'm I'm going to stand by my guns on that. That there's, despite the fact that there's a lot of um, great meaning, what you just said, there's a lot of fat in here that just takes away from it. It makes me sit here and think, uh, it, is this going somewhere? And like I said, I would be I I'm pretty sure if I saw this the 20 minute version or even if there was a 30 or 40 minute version i probably would have liked this a lot better because well it comes down to uh, it, you can being verbose does not add to profundity saying the same thing in big words over and over and over again does not make for a better message and that's going to be my point. Get to, get to your point. And it's not that you can't show her going to try to get, um, it's not that you can't show her going around trying to get money or you definitely need a conversation where the guy explains, this is just a copy of you. You're dead. You need that conversation because that's profound. The scene where it's saying, do this for your mother. That is necessary. Um, but 
there's just other little parts like the terrorist thing. Why do I need that? You know, get shove that out, shove out the whole, I'm trying to make amends. It's just, you don't need it. You don't need it. So, um, you know, before we go on any other rips and picks or whatnot, uh, we need to do a quick little word from our sponsor, Raving Lunatic Media. Do you like anime? Do you like video games? Chances are, if you're a human being and you're living in this current century, you do. So, if you do and you realize that I don't know what to watch, I don't know what to play, all of this looks good, but all the critics are like, oh, this is bad, no, it's good, oh, this is bad, no, it's good. Come check out Why You Should, and I give you the realness of why you should watch or why you should play certain games. Come join me every week on Friday, and look forward to Rapid Shot, our weekly Wednesday show, where we just talk anime and have fun. See you there. All right, welcome back from that wonderful question. Remember, if you uh, want to avoid those, we'll be having a uh, way you can support us to skip the questions. More on that coming, forthcoming. But I think we're at a point now where we can just kind of... Um, where we can kind of just land this plane and... Because we've already discussed this film... Yeah, what there, what there is in this film. Yeah, so I guess how many, how many body transfers do we want to give, give this film? And Scott, I'm going to guess you're going to give it a high rating. So let's go. Uh, I think this is another excellent piece of science fiction. It presents a new technology that has repercussions to it, and makes you question the nature <clears throat> of existence. And it, it makes you rethink some of the fundamental aspects of the human equation. Um, at its most base level, it's, it's, it's talking about um, the biological drive to, to procreate and to raise a child and to leave something behind. And, and you know, she even says, I think it would make my life more meaningful. Um, so these things are all, you know, it tackles and explores some big, big questions and parts of the human equation and the human condition. Um, I could actually talk about many aspects of this. I think there's a lot, there's three or four really good commentaries going on in this film. So for those reasons, I know we have to land the plane quickly. I'm going to give it a nine. I think it's one of the better science fiction films I've watched. And uh, I may be on an island here. I probably am, even among the larger population. But I felt that this was a movie that did a lot of putting you, making you feel the, the character's emotions, putting you in their position and doing it without a lot of dialogue and a lot of a lot of subtlety and nonverbal communication of the character's plight. I liked this movie on a lot of fronts. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I can't... There is something here. It's trying to tell a story. There is some interesting concepts, but it's long... I think there's a lot of problems with it. And I think some of the story, not all the story, but some of the story gets muddled and lost in here. I want to give it... I'm going to give it a five. I I, I think it's just average. 
nothing completely wrong with it. I'm not going to sit there and tell you this is the worst film ever. Don't watch this because it sucks. It's not. Yeah, I'm inclined to find a middle ground. Scott, you did move my needle up. I put it at a, a seven now because of what you've said, and it makes perfect sense. But what stops it from being better was the fact that uh, it's just got too much going on, and it's doing it too slowly. It's trying to be a profound cinematic experience when it really should just be focusing on the message it wants to say, which I find much more important and compelling than what the film did. This is clearly a case of a 20-minute film that did a great job having having to pad itself out. And uh, like I said, I'm probably going to hunt down and try to find this, the original. Because I'll probably look at that and think, wow, that was a lot better. So, because I, I guess too, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but I'm getting to the point now in my life where it's like, can we just get to the point? Um, you know, films are now, granted, this one's only an hour and 45 minutes long, but we're, now we have films that are really long and you're just wondering why. Why are you taking longer to say what you need to say? I understand some of that's going to be a film company telling you to do it. I know they do that. And other times it's just, I would say, the arrogance of a director. Sometimes, I don't know if that happened here, but the arrogance of a director who just doesn't want to trim anything, talking to you, Zack Snyder. Um, so, yeah. But it's it's good. It just suffers from the things Thomas mentioned. Uh, but in the meantime, Sickies, if you have seen this film, what do you think? Uh, it's actually a really great message, and Scott has changed my mind on it, but you might completely agree with Scott, me, or Thomas, or no one in between. You can let us know at our Discord page where you'll find other great shows like back episodes of Malady, The Casatorium, through Spotify, of course. And you could also just engage in all the other fun ways. Uh, we'll be having a new ZTF episode coming out pretty soon. And also, we will be, well, just stay tuned for some other interesting projects forthcoming. Uh, that's all I can say. In the meantime, if you're not going to engage with us on Discord, you can also do so at ravinglunaticmedia.com, ravinglunaticmedia.com, ravinglunaticmedia.com. Ragemaster, what's left for them to do? Stay sick, sickies. Watch out for Carol Baskin.